Hi, I'm Jade Hernandez, a camouflage tattoo artist and educator. I help beauty bosses effectively market their business and become the authority in their field, close more leads and make more money. In the past six years, I've launched two successful beauty businesses to multiple six figures with over a hundred five-star raving reviews and several media press spotlights. While most marketers will tell you to hustle and work harder for success, I'll show you how to create more value from the inside out so that you work less, make more, and truly expand and transform your business and life. This is the Beauty Expanded Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back. It has been a while and it's so good to have you guys back on here. I've taken a little break as you probably have noticed. We just had some trainings and we had a couple of logistical things happening at the studio and I had to take a step back and just take a break. And so I'm beginning to think that the podcast is something that will be more of an ebb and flow for me. It's interesting because my podcast coach that launched this podcast had told me about the algorithms, which in any social media platform, there's always some sort of algorithm. And I remember her telling me that you really don't want to not release an episode for longer than 14 days because then the algorithm works against you instead of in your favor. That's something that has always been on the back of my mind. But at the same time, I was feeling some pressure and resistance of not trying to add more quote unquote work onto my plate because I started this podcast to be a creative outlet and to better serve my community or at least give back in a way that truly feels fulfilling to me. And so I think from this point on, I may just be taking it a little bit slower with the podcast episodes. I'm not going to worry about trying to release one once every 14 days or so. And really just release the podcast as inspiration hits me or when I feel like there's something valuable that I can share and truly give back on. And I think that's going to help me stay passionate with my podcast and also truly give you guys the value because I do respect your time and I definitely don't want to be spitting out content just to spit out content. So with that being said, In today's episode, it was actually inspired recently by some current events. I have really shifted the way that I attract money, feel about money, even spend my money since last year. As you know, I am a huge personal development student of life, programs, coaching. I've just always had a love for personally growing and evolving. It's one of the things that makes me who I am on a personal level as well as a professional level. I got to a point a couple years ago where I was like, okay, everything is going really well. But the one thing that I feel like I can still improve upon is my relationship with money. And I began to just put that out in the universe. And that's when I stumbled upon Jim Fortin, who is one of my personal development coaches. I've been in his coaching program for the past two years, and I would say he's one of my mentors. I discovered Jim through listening to someone else's podcast and was just really intrigued and fascinated by the way that he talks about money because I had never heard anyone speak of money in the way that he did. So long story short, I began researching him and eventually knew in my heart of hearts that he was the person for me to really take my relationship with money to the next level. I'm finally at a point where I've done some major healing when it comes to money. 
I wouldn't say this is something that I've mastered, but it's night and day how I attract money and how I spend money and how I give money than how I used to be years ago. I grew up in a middle-class family, but I was adopted. And the huge catalyst for my mom giving us up was because she was in poverty. So that's kind of like my first inclination of money, or that's really the beginning foundation of my relationship with money is that I was given up because of the lack of money. So that's really key to remember because that's kind of like my first inclination of my impression and my perspective of money. Then I was adopted and I was adopted into an abusive family and we were essentially what I would call middle class. So on the outside, we seemed to be doing well. My father was a pharmacist and my mom, my adoptive mother was a nurse administrator. But behind the scenes, there was a lot of abuse happening. And I remember thinking as a teenager, I can't wait until I turn 18 so that I can finally make enough money and move out and just be able to get away from this circumstance and never get, you know, abused again. So money soon became a master to me. And what I mean by that is it was a toxic relationship and I glorified money. It became my number one goal. It became my everything because to me, money equaled freedom, freedom from abuse. And I also never wanted to be poor there is always this fear of poverty because it puts you in a bad position, which is what I interpreted about my own mother, my birth mother, is that if she hadn't been in poverty, then maybe I would have never been adopted and then that wouldn't have led to the abuse. Now I'm an adult, I'm living on my own, and I still have those money stories with me. I work a lot, I work for money, Money is still something that I glorify. I'm a hoarder at this point in the sense of energetically. Anytime I make money, I just want to save it. I don't want to spend it. Because of this heightened fear of being in poverty or losing my freedom, because if I lose my money, then I'm going to lose freedom because money equals freedom. All of these other things that I'm attached to for money. And the interesting thing is I've made a lot of money in my life and I've also lost a lot of money in my life. Just being impulsive and making poor decisions with money. When you glorify money in a way, I think you can easily find yourself being attracted to labels and certain fashion designers for the prestige and the image of having a lot of money because it symbolizes a status that you're trying to prove that you have or enjoy because it's not something that you necessarily grew up with. I would say I went through a stage of that where I would only buy designer handbags and designer shoes and through my entire life because on one side there's this part of me that's materialistic and I'm glorifying money and money means everything to me. I'm hoarding it and all of that kind of stuff. Then on the other side, there's a part of me that is doing a lot of personal development that is cultivating a more spiritual relationship with myself and the universe and looking at things in a deeper way. Eventually, you can't compartmentalize the two. They start blending in with each other, but there's a sort of friction. There's a sort of resistance that I'm feeling because part of me is wanting to evolve. And then there's a part of me that still has a lot of fear and baggage and judgment around money. A couple years ago is when I discovered Jim and really decided that this was going to be the year that I invested a lot of my growth in regards to money. 
now I'm in a place where I give freely. I feel abundant. I'm not checking my bank account every day. Last year, I donated the most money I've ever done, ever, ever, ever in my life. And at the same time, last year was the most money I ever made. My trust in money has improved greatly. I understand the importance of giving and not just taking. I don't freak out about money, rarely if ever. I don't even count how much money is coming into my life. I take clients every day. I'm not really worried about the money. I am like, oh, wow, today, you know, I made 1600. Oh, wow, today I made a thousand. But it's not something that I'm obsessing over, which I used to do a few years ago. I would check my bank account every day. I knew every dollar that I would spend and I knew every dollar and cent that was going to come back to me. Not only that, but I used to be really attached to it and be really upset if something happened, if I had a client that canceled or if I had a client that was late on their payment, like little things like that. I wasn't tattooing back then, so I don't really go through the whole late payment these days, but in my other businesses, I would, and that would really get to me, whereas now everything is in so much more flow that money is one of the least of my worries which again is a huge, huge transformation than where I used to be because I would stress and worry and be obsessed over money all the time. So what inspired this episode today was just recently I've been craving sushi and I've been going to this cute little neighborhood market called Air Guitar in Gilbert. And they have this really sweet sushi chef and counter And I've been just grabbing a box of sushi and then taking it to the studio to eat later. As of recently, it's been really interesting. I've been there three times now. And every time I've gone there, the sushi chef comes up to me and he'll ask me, how did you like your last roll? I'd like for you to try this. And he gives me free sushi. So he'll literally give me an extra box of sushi, which is probably valued, I don't know, anywhere between $10 to $12. The first time he did it to me, I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. I received his generosity. I took it in my car and I remember saying out loud, thank you universe so much. Please show me more. And what I was doing was thanking the universe for his generosity. I received his sushi without any qualms or resistance. And I was also telling the universe, show me more so that I could attract more. The second time I go in, he does the same thing. This time I tip him $5 and I just say, thank you so much. This morning is the third time I go in and he hands me another box and I'm like, oh my God, I am happy to pay for this. You don't have to do that. And he's like, no, no, no. I just really want to know what you think. And I handed him $20 and put it in his tip jar. So to me, that proves that the universe will always reciprocate whatever you give back to the universe. Another way that I simply attract money is anytime I find money on the floor, coins, pennies, a dollar bill, whatever the case may be, I always pick it up and say, thank you, universe. I'm a money magnet. Money flows in and out of my life so easily. Thank you for showing this to me. Please show me more. Or I say something to that effect. I just want to back up a little bit because I think a lot of what transpires into attracting more money into your life is that you have to respect money first and foremost. For example, a penny is just as valuable as a $100 bill to me. I don't walk by a penny and just think, oh, that's just a penny. 
and walk away from it. No, money is money. And I will pick up that penny and give the same thanks for that penny as I would if someone handed me a $100 bill. Through Jim's teachings, one of the first things he taught me was the law of Aini. And that's spelled A-Y-N-I. Aini is basically the law of reciprocity. It is basically the law of the universe. It gives you back whatever you put into it. Think of the infinity symbol. It's an ebb and flow. It's basically the law of life, right? Birth, death. And when you think about life in general, there's so many universal laws. The law of physics, the law of gravity, what comes up must come down. So when you think about the law of value or even the law of compensation, or sometimes people call it divine compensation, it's to give and to receive. And with Aini, it's more of the universal truth. And this is from ancient wisdom from, I believe, Inca. That's something that I'll have to look up to verify. But I do know it's ancient wisdom. It's basically the teachings that the universe will reciprocate whatever you put out into the world. And in the world, most often, there are givers or takers. So if you just take, take, take from the universe without giving back, the universe will take from you. Now, on the other hand, if all you do is just give, give, give without ever taking back, the universe will not give back to you. In the world, there are givers and takers. And one of the questions that Jim had us ask ourselves is, are we givers or are we takers? What he meant by that is, are we giving, giving, giving like a doormat without ever asking for anything to be in return? Which isn't great. I would say oftentimes those are probably people who are people pleasers. You know, they're just giving, giving, giving in order to be liked or maybe because they feel like it's the only way to be liked and accepted. And they're not ever taking anything back, nor are they asking for it then they're not getting anything that they truly want because the universe is like, well, you don't really respect it. You just keep giving, giving, giving without ever taking or requesting to be compensated, for example, of what you're offering. Because if you don't value and respect the value in what you offer, then how do you expect someone else to do that? How do you expect the universe to compensate you back if you don't even know your value? Now, if you consider yourself to be a taker, that's not great either because if you just take, 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 more often than not, the reason why you continue to take without giving is because you're coming from a lack. You don't have a lot of money, for example, and so that's why you think you can't give back. But then the universe will often not give back to you because all you're doing is taking, taking, taking. There's no reciprocity happening. Oftentimes, I think about my neighbors. Almost every conversation I have with them is about their lack of money. Either they're stressing about bills or they don't have enough money for bills. They have to ask their parents to help them out with money or they're not making enough money at work or so-and-so is now sick and he's out for a week and that means that he's not going to get a paycheck. It's really interesting because now that I have this expansive view about money because of the work I've done, I see that they never give back. They're always just taking, taking, taking. They're either taking from their parents or relatives, and I never see them give back. 
I, on one hand, understand their mentality that they don't have money in order to give back, but it's a limited belief because the universe doesn't work that way. And often, I know this from personal experience, even when you do have the money, when you finally do get that money from that lack or scarcity mindset, you tend to hoard it anyways because you're so afraid of losing it. I've been there before. I have have said the same things to myself a couple of years ago. Oh, once I get, you know, $5,000 in my savings account, then I'll be more generous. Then I can help other people. And the truth of the matter is, is that no, it doesn't happen because you finally hit that milestone of having $5,000 in your bank account, but you're so afraid of losing it that you just hoard it even more. And it's that energy that stops the flow from the universal truth of reciprocity. A lot of people work backwards is that they think that they'll give after they take. So they'll just take, 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 and then they think they can give. And it doesn't work that way. You actually have to do the opposite. You have to give first in order for the universe to give back to you. Through Jim's coaching program, often Jim will remind us that if we don't have something that we want in life, it often means that we're not giving enough. We're not giving with an open heart or you're giving in order to get something which isn't true generosity. That's what we call a matcher. If I give you 50 and then I expect 50 back. In order to truly attract money into your life and be in the flow of it, which means that you give, you take, you give, you take. I often think about ocean waves. Waves come up to shore and then they go back into the ocean. Even just thinking about your breath, you breathe in and you breathe out. And so everything is in flow of in and out. The same thing with being truly in flow of money is you have to give and you have to receive and you have to take and you have to give. Being in the flow of money is going to be in the flow of giving and receiving. The receiving is part of the taking. How this plays out in my business is that I have very little resistance in asking for money and receiving it. The reason why I have very little resistance is because I truly believe in the value that I create. That's part of how I serve my community. I serve women. I serve men. I help awaken an essence in them that's been confined because of their insecurity, self-consciousness, their own self-judgment. If there's a way that I can minimize that so that they feel more free in their skin, so that they can authentically be who they truly are in the world and out in the world and not just hiding, there's a ton of value in what I do. And I always say, you know, what I do is so much more than tattooing. I value the value that I create and I charge for that value. That is what allows me to have very little resistance in asking for thousands of dollars for the services that I provide. At the same time, I don't have any resistance in receiving that money back. That's the true law of compensation is that I provide a value in your life and I'm compensated for the value that I provide. Now, we all know that as humans, we don't really respect or value things that are free. It may be nice to, you know, get a couple things for free or whatever, But if I truly just camouflaged stretch marks and scars for free, I probably wouldn't have people who would respect, value it, or even how that follows through with post-care, taking care of themselves, all those things. It may not even make the same impact in their life or transform them 
if I offered it for free, even though I'm still doing the same thing, whether it's a thousand dollars or whether it's free, it's the energy behind it. And I actually know this firsthand. All of last year, I was offering free touch-up sessions on any areola clients who had previous tattoos. So it didn't matter who their previous tattoo artist was, I would simply offer them a free touch-up session on their areolas for free. It was really interesting to see this play out because there were some people who were extremely appreciative. Even though the service was free, they would write me handwritten notes thanking me. They would send me baskets of bread and cheese and or even like I had some clients that would send me flowers. Then I had some clients who didn't do anything. They literally just came in for the service for free and that was it. Maybe a simple thank you, but they truly didn't appreciate what I had offered them or that was at least my interpretation. It's interesting because I had this one client who was really adamant. It was almost like you could just see the baggage that she held within her own money stories because she called me two times even after we had booked her appointment and even after I'd spoken to her on the phone just to confirm that in fact it was free. Even though I told her, yes, it's free. You know, I was on the news. I was standing by my offer and it's almost like she couldn't believe it. So she literally called me two times even after I had already told her it was free just to confirm. I just want to confirm there's no cost to this. I even think when we saw her for the session, and for in person, she wanted to clarify and confirm that it was still free. The energy was just so off. First of all, I just didn't feel good about it. You know, I, of course, I performed my best and did her touch up. But that baggage and the toxic relationship that she had with her money, that could actually be felt like I, it was tangible to me. I just imagine, wow, like I, she is almost a mirror of how I must have looked back then, of how you just go about living your life with all of that attachment towards money and that mistrust in money. And, you know, I've said before in my past episodes that if you don't heal your money stories, if you have a lot of baggage when it comes to your relationship to money, and this can include a person like in your intimate relationship that is going to trickle down in every facet of your life. Not only that, but if you don't heal that, you're only going to keep attracting that sort of energy and wavelength. If you have this belief that money is the root of all evil, then why would the universe help you create more money? It's not going to want to give you more evil into your life. Again, if you don't respect money, then you're not going to attract a lot of it back into your life. That's where we begin to really limit the flow of money into our lives without really truly recognizing it. Long story short, I had committed to doing the full year, but it got to the point where I wasn't really enjoying it by the end of the year. And I was really looking forward to the end of the year to come around so that I could actually charge for the value that I believe I give. But not only that, but begin to attract those same people that will value what I offer. That's the law of reciprocity is that I'm going to give and I'm going to receive at the same level of what I attract a client who is going to give and receive. A lot of you guys are in a place where you're with your clients or maybe you start your business and you get wrapped up in all the money and the expenses and what possibly could even be. I see people telling the universe, give me money, give me money, give me money. But they don't recognize that life is all about reciprocity. For example, you can look at a fireplace. You can't just tell a fireplace to give you heat first and then you'll give it wood. 
you have to put wood into that fire in order to get something out of it, which is heat. So the same thing is in business and also our personal lives. One thing I learned from Jim is that when it comes to money, the majority of the world is doing it backwards, which is the take and then I'll be able to give. And really, you have to give first in order to get back. What I did last year was really challenge myself to do this. And I was like, look, everything he's saying is making sense. I've been doing this all wrong. And what do I have to lose at this point? I can't make my money stories any worse. So I put full trust in the teachings that I was coached on. And last year was the most I had ever given back to charities, to nonprofits, to random people, to random artists. There was this blog that I really loved reading. She's a beautiful writer and there was a donate button and I just donated whatever amount I intuited at that moment that I felt was right for her. And it was really sweet because I wasn't expecting, again, just you have to give with an open heart with nothing expected in return. And it was really sweet. She emailed me back and she was like, this brought tears to my eyes. This pays for another year of hosting. It's one less thing I have to think about. And I just really want to thank you. It just came as a surprise and blah, blah, blah. And that really touches me. It makes me feel really good. But more so, it just allows me to know that I am in the flow of life. And again, there's no surprise now that I've done the coaching and I've really put in the work that last year was the most I had ever donated, so given out, and it's also the most I've ever received back. And it's not like a tit for tat in the sense of, you know, I donate to these nonprofits and then they give back to me by any means. You, you don't know how it's going to be returned to you. It's just a matter of you're in the flow and the universe always does provide back. We had one of our best years last year in clients and, and a bunch of other things. But that's what he means by life is about reciprocity. The other thing I just want to mention too is you'll hear a lot of people also say that you're going to make money based on the value that you create. There's a lot of people out there that do create a lot of value in the world, but they still don't make a lot of money. And it's because they often don't have a prosperity consciousness. What that looks like is, are you valuing the value that you create? Because again, we've talked about that if you're just a giver and you just give, give, give without ever receiving or without respecting or asking for the value that you create, then you're not going to get that back either. Because the universe is like, well, if you don't respect and value the value that you offer, then you're not going to receive that back in compensation. So it's almost like if you give it for free, then you're going to be compensated for free, which is nothing. If you're having a hard time attracting abundance and wealth and prosperity in your life, there's probably some element of you being a taker in there or you being an overgiver. If you want something in life, you have to give it first. And that's where I've started to work from. In addition, anytime someone gives to me, I do receive, but I'm also very happy to reciprocate that by giving it back to in some way, somehow. Prosperity consciousness is really believing and trusting that the universe will return whatever it is that you give back. There's a thin line between giving back with an open heart and giving back with expectation. And so that's where you have to be really careful. Because giving back with an open heart is truly abundance. It's coming from a place of I have more than enough and I believe that I'll always be taken care of. And that's a way higher vibration 
of working from than from I'm going to give in order to get back. That's much lower. And that's not how the universe works. That's going against the law of reciprocity. Aini is giving with an open heart and the universe will return in favor. That's what I had been working on and still do. But I would say that I definitely identify with it now. I've put it to the test. I've seen it manifest in my life. I'm still in the flow of it. I now understand from meeting other people who may be struggling with money, it's almost in a way just a reminder to me of how it used to be. I can listen to these stories with compassion. And at the same time, I also think that if this is something that truly relates to you and this is something that you want to shift, is definitely, definitely invest in your own growth. I love Jim Fortin for this money mindset shift personally, but there's other people out there who teach what he does, but I was just really drawn to him. Look up the concept of Aini, A-Y-N-I. Try it on for size. You have nothing to lose. It's almost looking at whatever it is that you're doing to attract money and do actually the opposite because a lot of us, the majority of us have it backwards. If you want something in life, you have to give back with an open heart. You have to serve. The caveat to that or the fine print is with an open heart. You can't be doing it to get something because that would be manipulating the system. And that's bad juju. But try it on for size. There is law to everything and money has a law to it. That's how I attract money is I always thank the universe. I always ask the universe for more. I acknowledge the universe for it and I also give back. Now that I'm in my life where I don't stress about money, I feel a lot more comfortable giving it back because I know it's going to be returned tenfold as long as I'm doing it with an open heart, one. But two, money, having more money, all it does is it just makes your life a little bit easier. If I need to fly out or I need to hire someone, I can do so without a ton of budgeting and stress, which is nice. Money also allows me to just pay for more resources. I am able to hire more people, marketing, SEO. I'm able to do more ads. So it makes things a lot easier for me that I can outsource. That's truly what money does. If you're expecting money to change your entire life and to make you happier and to make things better for you, in some ways it does make things better. But the happiness factor, that has to come way beforehand. That's really a lot of what Jim teaches is how we get things backwards so many times, including the happiness scale. I'm sure you all have examples of meeting or knowing very wealthy people who are very unhappy. And it's because more often than not, maybe they thought hitting a million dollars or whatever would finally get to the point where they are happy. It didn't, right? Your problems don't necessarily go away. They just change. But I would say money for sure affords me to be able to pay more people, which that has a trickling effect because I am serving more people. The people that I pay, they're able to pay their bills. They're able to feed their families. They're able to raise their family, their kids, who will then go out into the world and give back in their own way to the universe. So that's really the law of reciprocity is money is part of that ebb and flow of expanding the universe, of serving more people, but you also have to be okay with receiving it back. So I hope that was helpful for you guys. It's really great to be talking into this microphone. And when the next inspiration hits me, I will definitely do another episode. But until then, you guys can always obviously follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'd love to connect. And if you have any questions that you'd like for me to answer, I am an open book and happy to do an episode and answer them for you.
So until next time, I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'd love to connect and help you more. If you have a question you'd like for me to answer, please send it to jade at studioconceal.com. That's J-A-Y-D at studioconceal.com. And I might highlight it on my podcast. I find what's often personal is most general. So if this episode helped you, please share it with a friend who may need the encouragement and inspiration. I'll catch you on the next one.